this is because anyone can do this. If I can do it, anyone can. And it's so important for people to realize that creating is not anything special. It, it It's actually a byproduct of who we are. It, just being who we are deeply as a soul gives us that capability to create our reality. And I, I suppose that where I'm heading with on this is to the idea of hope. That if someone is in hopelessness, there is no way they can be doing have what they want, even if it means world peace. So can you have world peace? Yes. There's a great quote that says, uh, I think it's a Tibetan or Taoist proverb. You, you might know better than I would. I, I forget exactly where it's from. Uh, but it says, when, when you are healed, the whole world is healed. And I've told people, you can't create peace by defeating war. You can't create peace by, by resisting war. The only way to create peace in the world. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. This is our first show on Accentuate the Positive for 2020. And we have the wonderful Joshua Zuchter from Toronto, Canada with us. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. So I found Joshua through the Irons, Hawaiian Irons with uh, Sean Lether. Sean had you in a group. You were speaking to, I don't know, about 100 people, weren't you, in the group? I think it was like 120, I think around there on the first one. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched I watched the recording of that. Jordan and I connected last year or a couple of years ago. I don't know. And he had just started the IONS group and he's growing, he's growing the group there. Of course, IONS stands for international, what does it stand for? International IONS Association, Association of Near Death, Death Experiences. Something like that. Cause I yeah, I, you know, I should know this, but I'm actually new to IONS myself. So I I uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because you didn't really have a near-death experience, but maybe kind of, but we'll get into your story in a minute. But I just wanted to say to people, go over and, and support Sean on his YouTube channel. Uh, he's getting he's getting the you know people gathering in groups, which is great, but his YouTube channel could use some love. So go over and check out his YouTube channel and press and like, and you'll also see Joshua over there on his YouTube channel. Let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. From an early age, Joshua had a pure connection with Source and the other side, likely due to a near-death type of experience when he was born. This connection led to receiving near-constant guidance and insights into the multi-dimensional, multi-layered and multi-level facets of consciousness. As a child, he remembered his past lives and could feel other people's vibrational stance, knowing how they felt. Joshua began his career after doing energy work and studying Reiki, therapeutic touch, Qigong, sound healing, brain gym, the silver method, the quantum touch, and just to name a few, he kind of explored the whole lot, didn't you? 
he also graduated with a background in psychology and languages from Western University. And today, Joshua Zukta is an international life coach, or what were we calling you before? Synchronicity coach, that's right, leading biohacker and a specialist in understanding and teaching people about consciousness, the human mind, behavior, optimizing communication, nutrition, relationship dynamics, and how all this works together. And your website is joshuazukta.com. So let's go back to what do you think happened to you at birth? You said that you likely had a, um, do you remember that? Or did your mum mum say that, you know, things went pear-shaped when you are being born? Yeah, it's so interesting because a lot of this uh, near-death experience or stuff, the, the knowledge about this came when I happened to be into, there was a book, my favorite, it's my number one book of all time that I've read. I haven't actually read that many books. And this book is called The Man Who Tapped the Secrets of the Universe, right? Walter Russell. Walter and, Russell, yeah. Right. And he had, he, I think he had his own death experience and he would go into every seven years, he went into a state of illumination and it happened throughout his life um, for some reason, every seven years. I don't know why that happened that way, but um, that's what happened for him. And I happened to subscribe to the fellowship that philosophy.org that carries on his name and, and his work and his wife's name, Lau Russell, both of the two of them were both, um, you know, highly illumined beings and as a couple, which is pretty neat. And so uh, I happened to see that in one of the newsletters, PMH Outwater was speaking. and I didn't know who she was at the time, but she was, she had written, I don't know, 25 books on near death experiencers and, and her, one of her recent ones was about babies and children that had, had near death experiences. And so I was something, something shifted in me the moment I saw it, like there was something, something happened. And so then I immediately actually just called her and we, we had like a 45 minute to hour long conversation. And so she basically was saying, there's no, based on what I was telling her, so there's no question you had a, you know, you had a near death experience as a baby, or in my opinion, it, I mean, now that I'm kind of tuning in more to that idea, uh, and it, it's possible it was in the womb. And even if it was for a minute or even, let's say it was for 30 seconds, I don't know the science behind this, but if it was for 30 seconds, that's enough in the womb to create this kind of effect. And when, when I was born, I, I, like I, I, the things that I, so I'm also my whole life, I've lived in two worlds. Yeah. I live as me and I live in awareness of me yeah and it, it's all day every day there's never a moment where i'm not like that uh i've been like that my whole life and so um but i had not really met anyone at that level who's in that state of awareness at all times for better or worse to that degree well i, I want to just interject here i have bring i've it, met I've, I've met millions of people like well not millions that's grossly exaggerated i've met many people who are like that having been nice. showcasing, you know, New World teachers for like 25 years. But Atwater, you know, she does very much talk about the near-death experience, but I wonder, I've heard her say things like you say, but yep. why does one have to have a near-death experience in order to have expanded consciousness? You see, I don't think yep. that's necessary. And having spoken to many people over the years, there are many people born like, just born like this, or there are people that gain this awareness through meditation 
or some spiritually, you know, experience, some spiritual, or through ayahuasca or mushrooms, it seems to be trending. But this expanded awareness of, of who we are as ego, human personality, and multidimensional, you know, extension of source energy is possible for everybody. And we don't have to have a near-death experience. I've heard Pimach Atwater talk about you know, only through the near-death experience can we gain this awareness. But I disagree with her. But anyway, please go on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I I never knew about that. And, and even when I heard about it, I'm connected to the other side enough to know that it doesn't matter, right? So it's irrelevant, generally speaking, for me, whether I did or not. Yeah. Um, that doesn't change my life in any way, yeah. uh, it, right? I, I'm still being who I am, whether that happened or not. So... And I don't remember it happening, but I do recall my mother and I, and I, my mother's deceased now. She transitioned about, I think it was 15 years ago. Oh. And I remember, I don't remember, I don't remember if it was my sister or I, but one of us was blue in the incubator. And I don't know who it was, but it would make sense if it was me. <laughs> because <laughs> so, And she told us, but I don't recall which one of us it was about. And so that's how I made the connection that maybe that really was what I went through. But um, because my sister was not, uh, she was into some of the stuff, but not to the same degree that I was. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, it, it almost, and my parents were really not fully into this. My mother was really open, but she wasn't uh, conscientiously practicing in any way or, you know, intentional with any of this. Um, so, yeah. How old were you when your mom transitioned? I was. Well, how old do I? How old do I look? <laughs> I know you talk about. Hang on, let me put myself back on camera. I know you talk about de aging. I heard you talk about on the Sean show. You know, yeah. you can stop the aging. So you're going to say, "No, I'm so much older than I look." <laughs> well, I'm I'm 86. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, great skin. Uh, no, I'm not 86. And if I, if I, if I still have my hair, I probably look even younger, but, um, uh, I'm working on that. I have, a, I already have the answer to that one. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, the biohacking is really quite profound. It, a lot of things happened six and a half years ago, actually. Um, that's when I had a, uh, really a profound, I've had maybe uh, four profound moments in my lifetime and six and a half years ago was, was the last major one. So I'm happy to talk about any of those or, uh, uh, but yeah, go, going back to my, my mom, um, yeah, that was 15 years ago. So let's say I was 30, how old was I? <laughs> 34, 34. Okay, cool. Do you communicate with her? So we had a, not a great, our, my whole family like fell apart. So my, my family was not connected very well. You know, I, I find in most family, there's glue usually the mother is the glue in the family usually uh and um typically that's what i've noticed in my family we didn't really have anyone that was a glue so when my mother transitioned kind of my family started just like just dispersing and so um so even though we i loved her um you know solely loved her uh when she transitioned i was closer to her when she transitioned than when she was alive and i again i when i was younger i used to see spirits and and I stopped seeing them after she and I watched uh, Poltergeist. I don't recommend it to anyone. Don't watch that movie. I don't recommend that movie. Uh, but I watched that. I was six. Scared the heck out of me. 
and then I stopped seeing spirits um, for another 12 years. Uh, 12 years later, I started seeing them here and there in a different way. And um, so when my mother transitioned, uh, I could see that she went through two stages of transition on the other side. Uh, so I've never taken any courses on that. It's just what I know from my own experience. So she, she, was, she was quite upset about her life. So she was here for quite a while. Um, she was in a transitory state for quite some time. I mean, it could have been years. I think it was years that she was here and she felt really bad about how she parented us and she felt awful about that. So, but then eventually she went through to the other, into the supreme light and now she's a light being. So, uh, so I'm, I'm happy. I was happy about that. So I know that. Uh, so I'm, you know, so now she's just everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so more fully. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, everywhere I know I was um I was talking to a friend who was over here yesterday uh and talking to the I've got a group as well and talking about my best friend committed suicide when she was 36 and mm. uh, I had an experience I went I took my little daughter she was little at the time to see her body because I wanted to um sort of take the mysteriousness out of death because everyone dies like everyone's going to die there's going to be people dying around you in your lifetime and um it kind of freaked her out to see a dead body, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but anyway, but in that in that room where the coffin was and the dead body was, uh, I had a question like, where are you now, Kate? And I had that exact experience. I felt like, you know, the, the, the energy that I knew of Kate was no longer focused in a body. I was actually standing inside her. Nice. Like, yeah, it was so nice. beautiful. It was a really wow. beautiful experience. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. But wow. uh, yeah, so everywhere, like you say, like the end of Powder. Have you ever seen the movie Powder? I did, loved it. Saw it three times. Actually, you look a little yeah. bit like Powder. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's because we're in Canada. There's no sun right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where, where are we going with this story? So, I heard you mentioned that as a kid, you felt angry because you weren't happy with what you'd created. What was going on there? Oh, my God. As far back as I can remember, I was always the parent of myself and everyone else. So I even actually felt like everyone was my child. And, and it was really, you know, like that's kind of an unusual state. But um, when I was about five, I said to my mother, I used to be a painter. And she said, oh, really? Like, oh, really? You know, when, when was that? When, she, when was that? And I said, and I knew that I didn't know the word as a five-year-old. I didn't know the word reincarnation. Um, but I knew exactly how to tell her it was a previous lifetime in words that I knew. And I said, before I grew up, grew down and grew up again. And that, that showed her that she knew what I meant and she was a bit shocked. And, um, so from, from a really young, you know, I was five, I think, uh, five or six. And so I, and I have this ability to tune into people really well. It's a very unusual like type of telepathy, psychic ability, and so on. And we all have it. Usually children shut it off. And for me, I not only didn't shut it off, but I continued to develop it over my lifetime and continue to. So that's become pretty wild. Even to me, I observe what happens with me and I'm in shock of what I'm doing almost every day. But to me, it's so fun. It's uh, it's like having another dimension 
that you are aware of that maybe most are not. And so it's just neat that there's an extra dimension there. It's like going from black and white to color television or going from color to, you know, 3D movie or 3D glasses, then going from 3D to 4D, you know, so, um, so having that extra dimension makes it interesting. So when I was born and I was aware of all this, um, I was quite upset about my parents being not as aware as I had hoped because they were not aware as I was. And as a child, I think all children deep down are looking for really, really two main things to be loved, looking for love, which we all are, and also looking for wisdom to be guided. And my parents had, were struggling with both. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. You know, Josh, I think that's common with a lot of yeah. light workers, light weavers. Yeah you know, whatever you want to call it, the wanderers, the volunteers, the people that come here specifically to expand consciousness and clean up the dross here on earth. And, uh, you know, we come into, quite a lot of us come into families that are very asleep because they're carrying a lot of distortion on their lineage. And so we come in to sort of clean that up a bit by by having that DNA lineage and kids look at their parents and it's like, who are you? Why are you so stupid? <laughs> why, why don't you know right. what I know? I think that's well, common. Well, and even uh, for me, I was angry um, mm -hmm. because I came into this existence and I don't know, maybe it's from previous king or queen lifetime of being, uh, I don't know what the word would be, uh, arrogant or enabled and thinking I don't have that in this lifetime. Um, maybe that's a, a part of it, but um I, I was, yeah, I was quite, quite upset. My, now, my parents were really pure, pure-minded. So I didn't really realize how beneficial that was for me. When you understand, you know, the Abraham version of Law of Attraction, Abraham Hicks, which is my favorite, you realize, or one realizes that, that having that challenge as, a, a challenge as a child or as a baby causes the soul to make requests that are then answered instantaneously. So even though it was not what I wanted. My soul was then asking for what I wanted because I'm not having what I wanted. And so then it's just a matter about understanding about aligning with that. And so it was available, available to me my whole life. I just didn't know that until at least starting in the year 2000 when I found out about Abraham Hicks. So that kind of began my journey with law of attraction. Before that, I had had other mentors uh, in general where I learned about the emotions, subconscious mind, nutrition, health, connecting with our guides, intuition, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So you found Hicks in 2000. That's, I think that's when I found it. A friend sent me one of their introductory CDs. Tapes. Yeah. Oh, really? not CDs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Popped it okay. in the CD player. And I had already been showcasing new old teachers by that stage. Like every Monday night, we'd put on a teacher and do meditation, talk about consciousness and all that sort of stuff. And I felt like many of them had great things to say. They were talking about chakras and all this stuff, you know, colors and all the, but that puzzle piece, that piece about being the creator of your own reality, I felt many of them lacked. And when I listened to this CD, I'm like, at last, someone's talking about it. Like I was so excited to find the Hickses, Abraham Hicks, Esther and Jerry. It was just so cool. But I want to oh, yeah. go back. I want to go back to what you said. You talked about Walter Russell, the man who tapped the secret of the universe. What was it in that book that really spoke to you? 
So I think the main thing was that the uh, the the author of that book, his name is I think Glenn Clark, and Glenn Clark was he was searching for someone who exhibited all of these qualities of successful in business, successful in life, successful in relationships, successful in friendships, successful in uh, families, really someone who exhibited the state of illumination in all areas of life. And so Glenn Clark eventually discovered Walter Russell. And to me, I've always, I've naturally always felt like that. I love the idea of, of achieving excellence and discovering who we are in a super expansive way. And in order to do that, it means exhibiting it in every area of life, not just one. And so, um, so I love the idea of discovering consciousness within everything, right? It's not just consciousness in, you know, energetics or in whatever. It's, it's discovering it in all the multifaceted ways that I can. And so that's one thing that I loved about, about Walter Russell is that he exhibited that. And he's one of the few people I've ever heard about who actually is like that um, or who was like that. Uh, I have yet to meet anyone really truly like that. Um, usually I've met people that are, are like that in one way or another uh, or several ways, but not in every area of life. So that to me, that's, that's thrilling. And, and I strive to help my clients to do that too. So, um, you know, that that's I, unconsciously, I've been striving to help everyone to, if they desire that to experience the richness of life in all ways. And so that was one of the main draws. One of the things I loved about that. So what do you mean he saw consciousness in everything? How does that look translate? Well, we could say um, being intentional or deliberate in every area of life. So basically, let, let me let me uh, you know, sidestep with a side chain temporarily and come back to this answer. Um, so six and a half years ago, what happened was I had done an Abraham Rampage, the 10 minute exercise out loud, and I got into the highest vibration I'd ever been in. And despite me learning about them in, in the year 2000, it took me approximately 17 years for me to uh, really step into that material. And, and I, I had really been a student of it in the year 2000. And then I kind of paused it for 16 years. And over that time, people kept saying when I would give a workshop, oh, my God, you just said the exact same thing that Abraham has said. Like, you just said the exact same words. So oh, really... And it kept happening in every one, every workshop I gave this. So in, in uh, 2017, I did this uh, rampage and I got into the highest vibration I'd ever been in. And I went full alignment with Abraham. And in that moment, um, started hearing them constantly and also went into full alignment with abundance and with no more aging. So that year was a very momentous year uh, for me because I discovered all these things related to becoming younger, youngifying, keeping your age. And when I was young, when I was six or seven, I would tell everyone, I'm going to live to 150 randomly. I don't know, even know why I said that. And, and as you know, my hair started to get thinner and, and, you know, I started noticing a few signs of aging. I thought, well, maybe that's not, <laughs> maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe, I don't know why I thought that. But then all of a sudden, six years ago, I discovered some fountains of youth and they, and they keep showing themselves like now, we're at a place where we can reverse aging on virtually every level. And now I have my doctor, shout out to Dr. Khan, who's here in Toronto. Um, he's now doing stem cell IV therapy. And you can basically reverse the body almost in every way. Um, so this is like, this is wild science fiction at one point. 
but with law of attraction, you realize you can align with anything. And so, uh, so basically I aligned with that. I aligned with abundance. So within seven months I was semi-retired, um, which was pretty amazing. And I, for the first time in a sustained way, experienced what abundance really is. Um, not, not just financial abundance, but abundance as a whole. Uh, and so all those three things happened in 2017. So fast forward, I'm still answering a long answer to a short question, but the idea of um, aligning with, with Abraham was, was very important for my system, but it, it's likely that I was actually connected with Abraham the whole time, uh, like probably for all my life, and I just didn't know it. And I feel like Abraham specifically, if you were to ask me, it, I feel they're a frequency. Uh, like I see them as on a frequency, radio frequency. Anyone can access that frequency. Abraham themselves say everyone has an inner Abraham. And they're talking about your own inner being. So we all obviously have an, a soul or an inner being. Obviously. <laughs> right? Obviously. Uh, not obvious to some, uh, you know, maybe to me alone. But the Abraham frequency specifically is a very specific frequency. And I've started to meet a few more people who are I. I think I can tell who's really in that Abraham frequency or not. And it, that's pretty neat because I didn't even realize that that was possible. Uh, and um, I met some people. I met a, my, my nephew, which was shocking. One day he said, he didn't know who Abraham was. He said, yeah, I started channeling Abraham. Who's Abraham? I'm like, you know who, what? <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest, the weirdest thing because for someone that I know who's close to me to say that it was, it was quite shocking. And he had no idea who, who that was. So um so he's like a nephew. He's not my real nephew, but he's like one. So, yeah. When you say you, you see consciousness in everything. Yeah. What you mean is anything you think about that you want, That's you can apply these principles of manifesting, manifesting it or creating it. Is that is well, that what you're you know, saying? Like when you're talking about Abraham. So, um, yeah. you know, when I think about my mother who died when she was 50, you know, she had many desires that she's now fulfilling in because she's reincarnated and she's like in her late twenties that oh. she's fulfilling in another lifetime, because there are things that we think we can't create, like, you know, changing your hair or your skin or your age, or there's just, just things that we feel like we just can't create because it's just the way it is. But what you're saying is when you see consciousness in everything, anything is possible. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's an interesting idea because when we're, we're looking in my experience, I'll just speak for myself, but when I'm looking out at everything, I'm either looking through the eyes of what I call ego or identity or masks or illusion, or, I mean, there's many different words, brain, uh, mind, or I'm looking through the eyes of source. So we could, we actually could say I'm looking through the eyes of consciousness. So, if I'm looking through the eyes of consciousness, I'm going to see consciousness in everything. And what is consciousness is an infinite, vast thing. Because there's no words that can really describe something that's infinite, but we do our best. Um, and so there's this vastness of existence that if we're peering through the eyes of that, then that's what we see at everywhere. So, uh, for example, I had, a, I had a session with a client today and I couldn't believe that I saw him a month ago and I can't believe that I've been working with him for two years, three years. And I couldn't believe what happened. Like he all of a sudden stepped into his King energy. And I'm like, what, what, what have you been doing? Like what, 
it's only been like maybe three weeks or a month. What happened? What did you do? <laughs> I was, I was so, but I was so excited for him. And at the same time, shocked because it's such a shift. Um, it's like he stepped into a limitless, you ever see the movie limitless, yeah. um, but it's like he stepped into a limitless state and in the past three weeks and what part of me is seeing that right what part of me is acknowledging that that has occurred for him right and so my limitation will never see that my limited side the the glass is half empty will strive to find the parts of him that are not there but the part of me that is expansive and sees deeply is seeing that shift and is excited for more for him. That seeing consciousness in everything, seeing the unlimited, infinite, high potential in everyone and everything at all times. And I know I always feel that. I always want that for everyone, no matter who they are, even someone I, you know, someone who cuts me off uh, in traffic. <laughs> I still want the best for them, even though I'm not happy they cut me off. But I still, you know, so I've always felt that as well since I was young. And maybe my mother had some influence on that. She was like that, I think. She was quite an angel that way. She really wanted to help other people. And so maybe that rubbed off on me a little bit in that way. But I, I've always felt that myself. So how about you? Because you're into this the same. How about you? Okay. So I, I'm just trying to get your explanation of what you mean by see consciousness and everything. So yeah. when I speak to my clients and my group, when I talk about that, I say that everything is information and you can communicate with it. So like you can talk to your computer and ask it to do what you want it to do, or you can talk to the weather. We were talking about this in the group this weekend because uh, we've got a lot of storms and thunderstorms happening in Australia at the moment. And I went up to see my daughter and it was um, thunderstorming and raining. And as you know, as we said, it's summer down under. And Christmas Day was going to be a big thunderstorm. So I just said to her, come on, let's change the weather. Let's talk to the weather. So that's what I mean when I say there's consciousness and everything. You can communicate with everything. I wanted to understand what you meant. So what you're saying is when you see consciousness and everything, everything and everyone, there is infinite potential for change and transformation and to be a different frequency, a different vibration. Is that what you're saying? So there's yeah, there, there's no limitation. There's no limitation. No, no, none. So that means there, there's infinite potential. That means yeah. there's, it, if we're infinite beings, that means we can deepen into peace to infinity. It means we can deepen into abundance to infinity. Um, we can deepen into connection, into expansiveness, into joy, into romance, into love to an infinite degrees. Um, so so when someone cuts you off in traffic, to see consciousness in that would be what? Screw you. Oh, wait. <laughs> Screw you. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. is happening for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's even more, you know what? <laughs> it's screw you and it's happening. No, uh, it's, it's the, <laughs> the uh, well, maybe sometimes um, <laughs> to be, to be frank, but um there's the awareness always that that is happening to my advantage, that there is a benefit to that for me. And if it's an advantage or benefit to me, it's an advantage and benefit to everyone. Right. Um, and that's, that's the mindset. So whatever on a, on a higher level, you know, I was, I'm always aware of that, that um, soul is always like when it wants win, win, wins. It, it, 
it wants everyone to win. It, it's excited for everyone to prosper. And so um, I've always, I've always felt that I've never been competitive with other people. I've been competitive with myself. Um, and I love competition for my, to see what I can achieve, but I can't stand competition when it's one person wins and one loses. I really want everyone to win. Uh, and, uh, you know, Soros said to me, um, it's, it's, it's very, it's an Abraham. It sounds very Abraham and it's, um, I feel good. Therefore I win. Yeah. Yeah. Period. I feel good. Therefore I win period. So right. let's get back to the anti-aging, the not aging, because this is something as an older person and as an aging person, I think about constantly. And uh, actually I was thinking about it when I was not aging, when I was young, when I was in my thirties, um, we were doing energy healing work and going inside the pineal gland and talking to the telomeres and lengthening the telomeres. I watched a documentary uh, on Netflix recently called You Are What You Eat, which is like many documentaries, it talks about diet predominantly in being a big part in health and aging. And uh, they've got identical twins and they're doing all these tests on identical twins, giving a healthy um, omnivore diet and a healthy vegan diet and blood testing and all that sort of stuff that they do on these documentaries. But one of the findings was that the vegan, the people that were eight weeks vegan, their telomeres stayed the same or lengthened, whereas the people that were eating meat, their telomeres um, reduced a bit. So the telomeres are the ends of the DNA that uh, fray or um, decrease over time. And they're, according to scientists, a big part in the aging process. So, you know, they don't have these in these documentaries, the conversation about consciousness inside all of this diet thing. What do you want to say about that? Yeah, it's so fascinating. Um, and I've had more stuff that uh, universe said more things lately that has been really fascinating. Like I mean, the past two days, I had this really cool thing uh, universe said to me. It was like really early in the morning. I was waking up and it was like semi lucid, and I they said something to me was so profound. I thought, okay, do I wake up and write that down, or I just fall asleep and hope I remember it in the morning? <laughs> so it was uh, it was so profound. It was um, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Okay. Basically. Um, youth and vitality doesn't come from any of those tangible things that we think it does. It comes from source. And as we are aligned with that vitality of source, we are naturally drawn to those things that will create vitality in our bodies as well. But most people don't realize that. So they go synthetic. I call it synthetic or inorganic, pardon the pun. And we seek things on the outside to make ourselves that way. So it's like a guessing game where we're trying to create that. But if we get inspired first and then are led to the thing that will help us, that's, that's effective. Um, it's going to be a hit and miss or usually more miss if we try to control the whatever that is to get us younger. So it was just a, a yeah, beautiful, right? Isn't that amazing? I just love that. Like, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As I say, been, I think about this stuff a lot because I see I see a world, I see a society where people at 100 look like you. Do you know what I mean? Like I see that as a reality. Uh, why? Why do we need to age there? I mean, there is some there is some benefits in the contrast we call aging. There is a lot of benefits about, you know, around vanity and putting your self-worth and what you look like, which is a big part of our society, especially for women. Well, maybe for men, too. 
But um, yeah, I was sitting on the toilet one day thinking about this stuff and the guide said to me, you know, aging is more about your collective belief system than anything else. Right. And I'm like, right. yeah, right. Like we we count the numbers, we have the birthdays, we say I'm this, that. we have this idea of what that age is supposed to look like and what your body is supposed to look like and what you can do and can't do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of hard to get out of that fast flowing stream of oh, how old are you? Totally. Mm. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, it was, uh, and I joke, people say, what, how old are you? And I, I say, do you want, which age do you want? Do you want my um, overall existence age? Do you want my biological age? Do you want the age that I pretty much am physically overall? Um, you know, which of the three do you want? Uh, do you want the existence? I don't know. Let's go 38,285 years, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, I, a quick example is, um, you know, uh, about three, two, two years ago, I was in, uh, I had, I had gone to a gym in British Columbia. I'm in Toronto and I had gone to a gym in, in uh, British Columbia and I worked out with a trainer there. And while I was training with him, he happened to inadvertently mention knee, knees over toes guy. Okay. So this is a guy on, you can find him on YouTube. He has helped millions of people to rehabilitate their knees with the most basic exercises you've ever seen or heard. And I had creaky knees and my knees were in bad shape my whole life. And I used to play competitive tennis, did martial arts when I was 14. And so I found this and I started doing some of these things. And all of a sudden my knees are now the best they've ever been my whole life. So, so, so I've, I've literally reverted my knees to be better than when I was playing competitive tennis at age 14. So, you know, there's no limits, right? Um, what else can we do that with? And I, I was shocked because that's an example of how I was able to reverse age my knees. What else can I do that with? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to knees over toes guy. I don't know him, but knees great over toes. Okay, knees I'm over gonna, toes guy. I'm going to look him up. Recently, I was at a 50th birthday party and there was a guy there. He's a black, black as the ace of spades, beautiful. His name is, he's a musician. His name is Afro Moses. And uh, I think he's from Ghana in Africa. Anyway, he's been in Australia for years. And I was sitting next to him and we were talking about all this stuff. And I think I asked him how old he was and he wouldn't tell me. And I said to him, I bet you're a lot older than you look. And he just smiled and giggled at me. But his arms were like teenagers. He, he's very thin. He's he's very little. But his arms, the skin on his arms were like teenagers. And I said, I told him how old I was. And I said, I think you're around my age, right? And he just smiled. And it, and I we were talking about Prince, how Prince wouldn't talk about his age either. And he said he doesn't celebrate birthdays because when you count how old you are, you age. And uh, there was an interview of him saying that. And he said, and that's how you can look like I do at this age. But, um, yeah, so Afro Moses, I thought deeply about how he lives his life. He is doing what he would be doing as a teenager, out there singing and on stage and doing that same and just, like, masses of energy. And, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting, that vitality that you were talking about because he's probably in his late 50s or in his 60s. But he's living life like a, you know, twenty-something-year-old. Absolutely. Why not? Mm -hmm. Well, and now you know, with the you know, I researched this. I, I spent thirty I, for thirty years, four hours a day, I would research health and nutrition. So, um, you know, now we're at a point where you can now, we're, like, within the next year, 
we're going to be able to actually, you know, how people have, you know, plastic knees, uh, replacement knees or hips. Yeah. Well, now we're actually able to replace our own knees and hips with our own. Uh, we're able to use stem cells to replicate our own knees and hips and replace our own knees and hips with our own knees and hips. Yeah. So we're at a, a we, like it's we're at a stunning point where um, desire meets creation meets na more natural than it than it has been. Um, so uh, it's pretty exciting um, uh, time in science in general. Uh, the things that we can do. I mean. It's, uh, Name it. I mean, I just, three weeks ago, I came across a way to reverse, you know, generally graying of hair, which is generally a, a deficiency in copper uh, or uh, glutathione or um, let's say NAC, N-acetylcysteine. Um, so those things can help reverse graying hair. I mean, it, so all of a sudden you have individuals with gray hair and they think, well, I'm just getting older. That's just how it goes. And then we put them maybe on some copper. You got to be careful. Don't just take copper. Let's check with your, none of this is construed as, as medical advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, speak with a specialist, but um, you can research copper and gray hair and, and find that you can actually reverse graying hair just by taking a little bit of copper every day. Um, it could be zinc. It could be a zinc deficiency. Either way, it could be a mineral deficiency. We can shift back the clock. And what is, what does that even mean from a consciousness perspective, right? What is... What does that mean? It means whatever I want, I can experience. And in my experience, from what I feel, from what I know, and anyone who's watching, you can tune into yourself and see if this feels right to you. My soul wants me to experience the greatest joy of my life in this lifetime. Even knowing I have other lifetimes, why not make the absolute most of this lifetime? and live it to the fullest and richest and in my highest good and in everyone's highest good. Why not do that? Why not? Right? Well, exactly. But there's a lot of reasons why not in the minds of many. Because I remember of in course. 2004, I think it was, my husband and I did an Abraham's cruise. We went down the Mexican Riviera. And I remember. Beautiful. Was it that? Was it that coming home and feeling like, God, this is so simple. All you have to do is feel good. All you have to do is feel good. How simple is that? All you have to do is feel good. And then implementing that in your life was not as simple as it sounds, right? Well, well, so it, it, this is where I totally. want to go with this conversation. So yeah, I love it. I love it. As we move into a new year and the challenges that we're facing globally as well as personally, like there's a lot of chaos happening in the weather. Every time I'm on Instagram, I'm seeing more flooding. My daughter's up north. There's flood warnings. There's tornadoes. There's like a lot of contrast happening in the world at the moment. There's wars. Is there more than any other time in history or is, just, is it just that our media is showing us this stuff? But regardless, so the conscious community who feel connected to everybody, you know, feel like they have to suffer over the suffering of others. So how do you implement I can feel more joy in this lifetime than, you know, ever. Like I can find this place of ecstatic bliss and joy when people are feeling like they need to suffer over the, the um, you know, people, the genocide happening in Gaza or in Israel or stuff like that. Go for it, honey. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's a it really it's a pertinent it's a perfect question so i'm going to share something that i heard abraham or source tell me okay and 
I've not heard Abraham Hicks. I've not heard Esther say this, but it was spoken to me. I'm going to share with you, and I only usually share this with my clients. So now I'm going to share it with the world, okay? And you can all enjoy this and love it. Um, so Abraham has many, many times in their workshops, um, and shout out to Esther. I love Esther, and Jerry, and he's, he's on the other side, but still. So you can be, do, and have anything you want. That's what we, we hear them say, right? But in 2017, they said more to me. They said, you can be, do, and have anything you want. And then I got the following acronym. Easily. You can be, do, and have anything you want. Easily. Quickly. You can have it quickly. You can have it in huge quantities. You can have it consistently. You can have it constantly. You can have it increasingly and certainly. So it turned out to be E-Q-H-Q-C-C-I-C, -C -C, okay, which turned out to be my license. I put that on my license plate. You can be, do, and have anything you want. And initially, when I used to practice being intentional with law of attraction, doing rampages, I really wasn't doing them for long enough. I mean, I do it for like maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds or, or a minute. And I noticed, I didn't really notice a lot. I mean, it. I, I would get back into wanting. So for me, I had massive financial challenges for much of my life. And I, you know, was evicted, uh, you know, was eating peanut butter and jam sandwiches every day for lunch and dinner at one point. So this is way back in 2003. I did an exercise and within 30 days completely turned around my finances. Um, but the problem was I couldn't sustain it. So it was the first time I shifted my finances with deliberate thought, but I didn't sustain it. So I fell back into where I was before I had done the exercises. So things changed and then they went back to the way they were before that. And so, um, but I'm, I'm very persistent, almost disgustingly persistent, let's say tenacious. And so I, I kept on it. I didn't give up and it was eventually, it, it just take me years until 2017 where where i went for 10 minutes i'd never done any of those for that long and that's really what helped me to get into that high state and then every day i continued to do it after that so i was able able to make and Abraham, abraham talks about momentum quite a bit and so i was maintaining momentum so why am i why am i answering this with what you're asking um because i think and there are people by the way that have incredible luck they seem like they're incredibly lucky in different areas. So we all feel maybe in some ways we're lucky, but um, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck or lack or bad luck. There's no good luck or bad luck. There's just creation. And some of us will discover that we can shift our reality and some maybe in this lifetime, that's not what they're choosing to experience. I would love for everyone on the planet to be able to know that. And that's a part of what I'm here to, to share with the world, as I think you are too, right? With the topics that we talk about. Um, but you can't force anyone to learn it or to delve into it. And I certainly didn't have anyone. I did it myself. I didn't have someone pushing me to do a 10-minute exercise. I did it because I was so committed to shifting my life six and a half years ago that it led me into that experience and this idea that you can be doing have anything you want why am i again i'm so again long answer to a short you know lovely question but when i started attra attracting 
things that I wanted within 20 seconds of doing the exercise after that. So I would, it happened as, as recent as yesterday, there was something that I wanted and it was really important to me. And within three minutes, that thing showed up in my physical reality. And that's, that's not uncommon for me now. The reason why I'm sharing this is because anyone can do this. If I can do it, anyone can. And it's so important for people to realize that creating is not anything special. It, it, it's actually a byproduct of who we are. It, just being who we are deeply as a soul gives us that capability to create our reality. And I, I suppose that where I'm heading with on this is to the idea of hope. That if someone is in hopelessness, there is no way they can be, do, and have what they want, even if it means world peace. Um, so can you have world peace? Yes. There's a great quote that says, uh, I think it's a Tibetan or Dallas proverb. You, you might know better than I would. I, I forget exactly where it's from. Uh, but it says, when, when you are healed, the whole world is healed. And so the quest becomes, how do I, you know, and, and I've told people, you can't create peace by defeating war. You can't create peace by defeating war. You can't create peace by, by resisting war. The only way to create peace in the world is to amplify and magnify the peace that already is to the point where all that is, is peace. There's only peace. And highlighting that dissolves anything that is not that. And if I try to dissolve anything that is not that, I amplify whatever I am trying to dissolve. And that's the, that's the kicker with law of attraction is you know, whatever we put our attention to in any way. So the cool thing is if we know that we can be doing have anything we want, um, in a, in a beautiful way, um, that can include something like world peace. I'm in the midst. It's, it's been a bit of a lifelong journey, but I think I might have another hundred years. We'll see. I had got the, um, the URL, the domain name, global foundation for peace. And I, I've had this in my mind since I was 18. Um, it can include overcoming disease. It can include a beautiful connection with family members. I had a client, she's, she's one of the most profound examples where her mother told her she was ugly and fat for 45 years from when she was born until she was, let's say 45. And she was gorgeous, but she told her she was ugly and fat every day, which is horrendous in my, in my books. And so we started doing some work on this and we, we started helping I started, this client and I, we started helping her to shift her mindset on that to release all the resistance she built up on that. And all of a sudden, her mother one day out of nowhere stopped saying that to her and just told her how beautiful she was every day. And there's no way that anyone can, not I nor this client could even explain how that ever happened. We, we, there's no logical solution except that this client of mine shifted her frequency to a different frequency where she felt love from her mother and therefore her mother was loving. And so when, when we have that kind of thing happen, when, and the more that someone has that happen, the more they realize, my God, I am a creator.
um, that this this is real. This is real stuff. And yeah. so um, so there was a long long answer, but I hope that somewhat answered the question. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is to get what you want is to create it in yourself. So I want peace in the world. To find peace in the world, I need to find peace in myself, which means being at yeah. peace when I watch the atrocities of war. And anytime, I love this about that material, is that anytime we effort or work hard to achieve a state, we're, we're actually resisting. How do you do this then? And one of my favorite exercises, my number one favorite exercise, okay? I still use it to this day. I used it today. Uh, I, I practice it every day. I just love it. It's my favorite. Um, how will I feel when that thing that I want is, when that thing happens? So if there really all of a sudden tomorrow is peace in the world, how will I feel? I'll feel probably overwhelmed i'll feel um appreciation i'll feel back to overwhelmed i'll feel grace probably grace of god it, it, to me that like if all of a sudden peace in the world tomorrow right you wake up and everyone is loving each other and you're looking what what and 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 you feel that and so the idea is tapping into what would you how will you feel when that happens and realizing and this is where it gets a little weird is we don't really care about that thing. I, I, I have to uh, say that when Abraham says that, it's totally true that we, won't ca we don't care about the peace in the world. We care about how we're going to feel once there is peace in the world. So why not just jump to that? Don't wait for the peace to be there. Start diving into the feeling now. And if that can be enough, our physical reality must mirror that back to us. And that's my experience. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It's great reminders to start off another year to find that peace within us or find whatever we're looking for, we're looking through. There's a great musician. I'm going to shout out this guy, Nick Mulvey, and he's written a song called Mountains to Move. And the chorus is, wake up now. So I thought it was called Wake Up Now. I'm sharing it with a friend. But the mountains, he says, this moment is a mountain to move and we've got to look inside. It's, he's just singing about this stuff. I love it. I'll send it to you. It's just so cool the way he's put all this wisdom into a song. But, yeah, this moment is a mountain to move, so move it inside. Yeah, so everything we're looking for, we're looking through, he sings. We're finding that in us. We want peace in the world, find peace in yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't get any more huge than that, in my opinion. Or, I mean, it, it could be as seemingly profound as world peace and as simple as I want a certain pen to write with. And I, you know, how will I feel when I have that pen? You know, <laughs> so, like it, 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 it's all the same. There is no differentiation in my experience. Source doesn't differentiate from a pen or world peace. I'm not trying to um, in any way diminish war um, or killing. And I'm not, um, I, I don't condone any of that. I, I'm, I'm all about peace. Um, but we are creators and, you know, some, some teachers of, of attraction, they say, start with little things like attracting a parking spot in a parking lot or a seat on the subway or, you know, little things, but really in the big scheme of things, there's no little or big thing. All things are the same. Yeah. Uh, except in and, your mind. 
accept it in our minds. Yeah. Right. So the, the key is how do I get out of that bigness or smallness in my mind? Because once we right. do, all bets are off. It's all on the table. All bets. Exactly. And even in this song I'm talking about by Nick Mulvey, he says we're addicted to specialness, you know, because we kind of make things bigger and special and not special and, you know, this this identity because like, oh, I can I can get parking spots, people will say. I can get parking spots easily, but I can't cure the cancer in my body or something like that or I can't oh. find millions of dollars to buy my dream home or to open a healing centre or whatever it is that people think that they want that they feel is bigger than them. But they go, I can create the little things, but the big things, but it's it's in the mind, right? It's what do yeah. you, I want to say to people, you've said a few times about Rampage and for people that don't know Abraham's work, do you want to explain what Rampage is? Because you said I've, I did a Rampage. Yeah. So so what was that Rampage? At that time, I was having some roller coaster rides with money in my life. And so I I realized I want to change this for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm done with this roller coaster that I'm on that I'm creating and I know I'm creating and it sucks. And so I'm committing to shifting this and I'm going to do it right now. And I caught myself in a really good moment when I was feeling really good, a random moment. And I started doing this rampage. What is a rampage? Talking out loud with myself in a way that is uplifted on any topic. And at the time I was talking about money. And so one of the things I started doing in that moment is I would started to say, well, how will I feel when I have more money than I ever need? How will I feel? How will you really feel? Don't make it up. How, what will you feel as a result of having that? I would feel peace, peaceful. I'd feel capable. I would feel uh, powerful, powerful because I went from not having to having, right? So th that that experience, not powerful as in I have power over people, but power as in I have power within myself to create my experience, right? Um, I will feel um, secure. Secure was a big one for me. That's one that I never felt my whole life. I felt insecure my whole life. So that I find a lot of people have that one. Um, so and secure and, and insecure go along with certain or uncertain. So those are very uh, similar. So I will feel more secure. I will feel ease. I wasn't just saying them. the key with these is not just saying them, it's feeling them. And so I would I would repeat the word, I'd close my eyes and I'd feel ease and ease. And then I'd say, what if it was 10 times easier than that? And what if it was like 5% easier than even that? What if it was, and then I'd go into the easily, quickly, huge quantities, consistently, constantly, increasingly, certainly. I would say, okay, what if it was so easy that I basically almost had, I didn't have to do anything. It was just showing up and it was happening so quickly. It was coming in. I couldn't even track it coming in. And the amounts coming were so large and so fast. I couldn't track them. It was just coming in in huge amounts. And so basically within seven months, I had my first $30,000 day. I had my first $100,000 day. And I was on the verge of my first million dollar day. All by me doing this exercise. 
And when I ha almost had that million dollar day, I went into extreme fear, actually, um, because I realized, oh, my God, I'm actually doing what they said we can do. <laughs> and there are some things that I'm really excited to do. And that means I can just do this with doing this exercise. Like the, I, I'm just aligned with myself. And so now, now another way to look at this, by the way, is how, how if you believe you have a soul, how do you think your soul would look at these things? And then thinking about those things in an elevated way, like your soul would. So for example, the driver who cuts me off, my soul's not saying you jerk uh, for cutting me off. So that's this thinking that. So my soul's not even paying attention to them cutting me off. It's not even thinking about it, right? So what is my soul thinking about then? Or and how does it look? So what does my soul think of Karen? My soul thinks she's this gorgeous, beautiful being that is doing anything she can to support the world. She has is holding her light so high to in, in, in everyone's benefit to help everyone and to support herself as well. So Karen, I, I only met Karen now, okay? In case you're wondering, I haven't known Karen before this, okay? But this is how my soul sees Karen. And I choose to look at Karen through that. And even if Karen told me right now, Joshua, I think you're a jerk, <laughs> okay? I would, I, <laughs> she has not said that, okay? I, like, I, I would still prefer to look at her through my soul's eyes than maybe my bruised ego's eyes that are upset that she called me a jerk. And by the way, what I'm saying that I strive to do, that's the be beautiful thing about Karen and me just tuning into her now is she strives to do the same thing. So she strives to keep her, her energy elevated um, and forward thinking, not getting stuck in the past. And again, I've not met her before. So I'm just seeing through those eyes right now, choosing to see you in that way. So that's another angle to all this. Beautiful. Seeing through the eyes of source. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. What would, so this is what my, my ego sees. What would my soul see? What would source see? Yeah, that's beautiful. Right. You know, in the Abraham teachings, they talk about rampage. They say, go on a rampage of appreciation, which I remember hearing, you know, 20 odd years ago and just loving that because classically the word rampage is associated with anger, a rampage of anger. Like he was on a mm. rampage, people say. But what kind of rampage? A rampage of appreciation. Everything is beautiful. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh, I love that. Everything is so I love that guy that cut me off. I love that you got me. I love that I've got pain in my body. I love that. I'm you, you see, but older. here's this is such a good point because here's the key: is it has to be authentic. You can't fake it. It's got to be real, true. It's not. It's not pie in the sky. It's. So, for example, if I'm having a low-down, dirty, rotten day, if I'm having a really bad day, and I say, my day is amazing, I love my day, it's sunny outside, but I'm not feeling it, I'm actually keeping myself in resistance. Mm -hmm. So, if we're talking about a rampage, so rampage is like a, um, a focus, um, it's, uh, and I, I always explain to my clients, talk out loud, do it out loud, or do it on paper, uh, but don't do it only in your mind. Um, and so doing it out loud is my preferred, uh, it, uh, 
out loud or on paper is the best way to go because when we do it in our minds, our minds start kind of starting to, they start to control the narrative. And then it starts draw. it can easily draw us down into a negative state, even though our intent was to do this positive, uplifted thing. Um, so that's why like out loud or on paper, uh, but it's holding a steady focus in the direction of what you want that feels reasonably good. If you already feel reasonably good, the rampage would mean you, you're practicing feeling good. If you already feel good, it means you're practicing uh, uh, feeling pretty good. And if you're already feeling pretty good, then you actually start practicing feeling really good. And if you feel really good, you just start feeling really, really good. And as you do that, even, even while I'm saying this, you can feel, even those of you that are watching, I can already tell the energy already started to increase because we went incrementally as we did that. And that's the key. A lot of people just jump from here to here and then that kicks us out of that feeling. So, um, so I hope these keys are all valuable, but that's a general rampage in my experience. I know I tell this story of my ex-husband and I was, um, we were out somewhere and I was really angry with him. It was years ago. I can't remember why I was angry with him, but um, when he met me, he met the Abraham teachings and he was a Hare Krishna at the time and he was following the Hare Krishna stuff. And then he met, you know, someone that says, but you're a deliberate creator. Something he said to me, which was so profound. He said, you know what, Karen, it was a lot easier being a Hare Krishna soldier than a deliberate creator who has the choice in how they think and feel because the Hare yeah. Krishna is like, you you eat this and you say that and like there are instructions on how to live your life, whereas deliberate creation or being a manifester of your life or a genius creator of your universe means that you have to like think for yourself. But anyway, so I'm angry with him and he's throwing my words back in my face and we get in the car and he says, say something nice about me. <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot find anything nice about you. You're such a jerk. You know, I'm in the... <laughs> Oh my sure. God, how could I be married to such a loser? <laughs> you know, like I'm in that. Right? And yeah. I'm like, damn, he's throwing my words back in my face. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I remember thinking, well, I like that you're driving because if I was driving, I'm so angry, I'd probably smash the car, right? Genius. So Genius. it wasn't like, I love you. It was just right. like, I appreciate your driving because I'm so angry. And just in that little movement, just that little tiny movement, I went into, yeah, it's great the way that you drive and I don't have to drive all the time and it's nice I can rely on you to, you know, be the driver and I'm now in appreciation. It was a bit of a quantum jump, I have to say, from anger to appreciation. Usually isn't that quick. But just that little movement of appreciation and within three steps I'm like, oh, my God, I love you so much. You know, I'm back oh. madly in love with him again. Just and I just remember thinking how easy it was, you know, to shift, to shift right. out of you're such a loser, I want yeah. to divorce you to oh my yeah. god, I love you so much. Just taking it, that those steps, that incremental steps, like you're saying, like yeah. It, it takes a bit of practice, right? Um it takes because practice. we're yeah, and, and this is like anything else. So it took us practice to get into the former mindset. It's going to take us a little bit, maybe, to let go of that. It doesn't have to take as many years as it took to get into that, you know, negative frame. Um, so it can be really rapid. My my father is a good example. Uh, my dad never cooked a day in my life. Um, so he's uh, he turned. Um, so, so neither of my parents cooked very well at all. And uh, 
And in their own words, they didn't cook. My dad could make, uh, you know, boil eggs and he could make tuna salad and, and, and that was it. And so when my mother and my father um, separated, my dad was on his own. I mean, he was eating <laughs> egg salad, tuna salad every, every day. And, um, and he eventually met someone and, and, and she was like a Martha Stewart of the North. So she was, she was just amazing as a cook and a, and a chef. And, and he was fortunate, you know, uh, he aligned with that. And, and then when he turned 68, I'm pretty sure it was 68, one day, just one day, he became a master cook and master chef literally in one day. Wow. I think his first recipe was a creme brulee or it was something like that. That was his first thing that he attempted to, to make. And it was essentially perfect on the first shot. Wow. And so because I witnessed that, it shifted me to realize that if he could, that's such a basic example, but if someone could become like a Mozart overnight in the kitchen, we must be able to do that in every area of our life. It's not just limited to one thing. And there's a book, it's an oldie, Ayanna Vincent, One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. That's kind of what happened for him in the area of in the kitchen <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, and and all of a sudden as far as i know she stopped doing all the cooking and baking and he started doing all of it and um and he didn't need any guidance he, he just naturally was it just his system just totally went into receiving state like a matrix download he was downloaded all the yeah. best <laughs> and yes. the matrix thing went into the back of his head yes. and he was downloaded with all the best recipes in the human history um and so it was just really um, profound for me knowing about this stuff to be able to observe that happen in someone who did not intentionally do that. Yeah. He didn't go out and practice rampages on cooking. Right. <laughs> right? He, just, he, just, he, he just made a decision. He just he like. I, you, you hit it. Made a decision. You hit it. You know, years ago I was running a course like this and um, I had a small group of people in my house and we had lunch. And my husband at the time was a cook. He used to cook the Hare Krishna food. So we fed them all this vegetarian food. And I gave them, a, I said, an exercise. So over lunch, I want you to have positive, uplifting conversations and then come back and tell me how you did. So I remember after lunch, I said, so how did you all go? And they all sort most of them, the majority of the people were like, did you have positive, uplifting conversation over lunch? And they said, no, you know, they complained about this and they complained about that. <laughs> they talked about their problems. So here they all are at this course to learn about how to be deliberate creative. <laughs> and then at lunch, they're like, oh, you know, my knee pain and my breath. Oh, <laughs> so what I want to say, Josh, is that easier said than done because we are in this be. habit of thought. Uh, in the yep. group, in the group this past weekend, um, one of uh, the participants of the group said that she went on the um, what's the long walk in Spain? The oh trail? yeah, the out, the Camino or the um... Camino. She did the Camino yeah. for the second time, and I said, "What did you get out of it?" And she said, "Lots of being with my own head, like lots of just being with me and my thoughts." And I said, what was the result of that? She said, well, I came back more peaceful. She said because I tended to notice that many of my thoughts are negative. I'm complaining all the time. And, you know, she's been a student of this stuff for a while and, and spirituality and consciousness, but that walk, that Camino walk and being with her mind day in and day out 
just with her mind, gave her that opportunity to really rest and find more peace. I thought that was so beautiful. That that's what it took for her. So yep. yeah. It's not yeah. the easiest path. It's you know, awakening is in some cases excruciating, um, so difficult. Um we're really facing ourselves in every second. So if it's excruciating, it's because we're facing our own difficulty and resistance. It's not, it's not like the, whatever that thing is really difficult. I, I remember I moved and I had this box sitting in my, in my hallway, it was sitting there for two and a half years. And I was in my office and I could see it every day. And my feng shui, uh, close friend, uh, and, and, uh, feng shui master said to me, clear that out because it's, it's doing this. And I would just see it. I just would never go to it. And in my mind, it seemed so difficult to go into this. And then one day, two and a half years later, I all of a sudden just had the inspiration to do it. And it was gone in 20 minutes. I got through this whole thing in 20 minutes. It was sitting there for two and a half years. Was the effort in the box? The effort was here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we're always really only facing that. So that's why facing the mind, the mind, I would say the mind is the most powerful and the most destructive force in the universe Absolutely. um and so it's you know we're dealing with facing who we are and the deeper we go the more we clear out the you know it's like clearing a room of dust bunnies if you haven't been in a room for a long time you have to clear the dust bunnies i use the analogy it's a it's a i love this analogy it came to me one day where so imagine you have in your house you have an extended room on the house but you you won't go into that room and you haven't been in there in two years and then we decide you hire me to help you to, I come over to help you to clear your house. And I open that door and you say, and I can't go in. I can't look in that room. And I say, listen, let's turn the, let's turn the light up to a one out of 10. We turn the light up to a one and they see all the dust on the floor. So we take, we do a quick sweep near the front of the door, near the front entrance of that room. And then we close it really quickly. And then maybe the next day we move that light up to a two. Now you're going to see more dust bunnies when we do that. So that's the unfortunate side. But the fortunate side is you know now how to clear, you know what to clear out. So you go in and clear those. And slowly but surely we move up, we turn the light up higher and higher and higher. And so we gradually go in and, and do our best to clear that out. So the law of attraction for me is, is one angle. Um, but I also am a big fan of the Sedona method. So in my practice, I actually utilize both law of attraction and Sedona method as two primary methods. The Sedona method was, um, do you know, have you heard of that? Do you know much about it? Um, it was uh, initially invented by or channeled by someone named Lester Levinson. And his story is truly remarkable. My facts might be a little tiny bit off, but he had a massive coronary in like 1953. He was 43 years old, approximately. The doctor said, you basically have like, could be like days or weeks to live go home and don't move because if you move, you're going to, you're going to transition. And so he was in shock. He was given a death sentence uh, in his words. And he, what else was he going to do? So he went to his, his apartment, but he, he decided he was going to self-explore. So he began exploring his life. And after three weeks, it said that he had so much energy. He had to start walking around the streets of New York to burn off all the energy that he had. His body started healing itself. And after three months, they say he became a fully awakened master, um, like a Jesus. And he lived another approximately 50 years in perfect health. And so he created the Sedona method. Sedona method is a 
a beautiful book written by Held Waskin, uh, one of Lester's primary students. And it's about how to let go of emotion and or pain, like dropping a pen out of your hand. And so I like to utilize both because I find that sometimes the path of least resistance in, in Abraham speak is using the Sedona method, which is about letting go. And in the end, they mean the same thing. Uh, but there's different ways to get to that. So, yeah, so I, I do utilize that as well. So that kind of is from a different, that's from a different angle. Yep. Yeah. Don, use whatever it takes. What I found in right. teaching this stuff is it's just Citation. like whatever it takes. I find today, you know, there are so many methods that we can use. I love the work of Byron Katie. Byron Katie yeah. says, this is not positive thinking, but you know what it is. If you're changing your thought from I can't to I can or I hate you to I love you, I see that as positive thinking. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So the work of Byron Caddy, but whatever it takes. And what I find now with, with clients is I just ask source, you know, I just ask the guides, the mob, That's like, it. what what needs to happen here for this person? Because we all think differently and, you know, have different beliefs and what needs to happen here for this person. And yeah, what one coach or psychic or healer will say to you one day will make a difference, but there'll be more and more and you might need somebody else another time and somebody else another time. And yeah, we're all walking each other home, as they say. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Darling, any last pearls of wisdom and messages for people listening that you want to share with people before we go? Oh my gosh. I think we covered a good amount today and I'm so grateful for you having me here and and uh, glad that it worked out in, in timing. And uh, this was a very last minute quick thing. So, I mean, it was snap, snap, float, right? So um, you're lovely. Uh, thank you for, for having me and, and uh, hello to everyone who's watching and, and uh, may the source be with you. The source is strong with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> live long and prosper. <laughs> live long and prosper. I can't do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Oh, thank you so yeah. much, darling. Yeah, I know. I, I popped Josh in because the person that I had booked in for this week uh, got uh, shingles and she's not very well. And and Neil was sick last week. Yeah, it's a good start to the year. Everybody's sick. So I saw you on Irons speaking and I'm like, oh, I'd love to have that conversation with Josh. Oh, so sweet. so thank well, you. Perfect. for That's perfect thank timing you. and alignment, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Perfect timing and alignment to remind people that we are infinite genius creators, that there is no limit to what we can create, including health in your body, de-aging, you know, whatever it is you can think of. What did, the, what did they say? You can create whatever you can imagine. There's many teachers right. that said stuff. I love it. Totally. Yeah. But um, the, the way to do it is to follow your bliss. Follow the bliss. Yeah. Find the joy. Find the joy. Easier said than done, but very possible and easy. I, I love that word, easy, because you were talking about it is easy because we get in our heads that this is hard. You know, I feel bad and it's hard to feel better. But actually, I feel bad and it's easy to feel better. That word easy is such a powerful word. It's easy. So thank you again for coming on the show. It's been beautiful to meet you. Thank you. What a wonderful conversation with the gorgeous Joshua today. I, I thought it would be great to start the year off with reminders from home, as I call my sessions, reminders of our infinite creative potential. We are all infinitely creative geniuses when we 
when we put a little bit of effort into it and stop complaining about what's going wrong <laughs> and start focusing on what we want and why we want it and how to find that frequency or that vibration or that feeling, you know, like what it is, what is it that you want? I want, you know, peace in the world. I want money in my bank account. I want everyone to get along. I want good relationships. I want love in my life. Well, what does that feel like? And how can I find that frequency? How can I find that energy? What is it that I think about that evokes that? Or what is it that I do that evokes that? Yeah. So we, when we put a little bit of effort into being deliberate creators, we are infinitely powerful, profoundly powerful beings. But for the most part, humans on earth are asleep to this. And uh, it's up to you guys to remind them of who, who we are. I was just saying to Joshua, I'm going to introduce him to uh, Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality because Brandon is someone that is so good at this stuff. Every time I have a conversation with Brandon and I just go into a, some little limiting thought, he pulls me up and you know says, is that where you want to go with this? Is that what you want to create? And I love that he does that. He's just, he's so cool, Brandon. And he's had his struggles. He said to me when I had him on the show in the Inner Sanctum, that there was a period of time where he felt so low that he was seriously contemplating, you know, outing himself, like getting out of here. And then he had to pull himself out of that frequency and get back to that passionate, joyous energy that he is. He's like this energy ball. When you watch his shows, he's talking at a million miles an hour and he's so excited and passionate. It's hard to keep up with him actually. But yeah, it does take some effort, but it's easy effortless effortless ease to find a different frequency find a different vibration find a different thought change your beliefs and to change your reality let me know how you're doing it's what i've been passionate about it's why i started these shows actually but i get so caught up with everybody's stories and as i said to joshua i was originally going to talk about crop circles again with this gorgeous australian woman and lots of other things, but she wasn't well this week. So hopefully we can get her on the show. She didn't sound too keen about coming back. I think she was in that um, energy of sickness and feeling quite limited at the time I spoke with her, but we'll get her on the show. All righty. Thanks again for listening and watching. And let me know how you are the creator of your reality. Send me some miracle stories. I love the miracle stories of uh, feeling like you can't have something and then changing your vibe and seeing it turn up in your life. I love those stories. I actually popped quite a few of them. I used to gather people's stories and pop them on the website. They're still there on the website under somewhere. I don't know where to find them on the menu somewhere. My website's so huge, but just people sharing their stories of um, miracles and magic and wishing you many miracles and magic for this year. And I'll catch you again on the next one. Remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. And I'll see you next time. Big love to you all. <laughs> Bye for now.